Am, am I there? Okay, okay. <clears throat> I, I couldn't hear myself, so I didn't know if I was talking or... Uh, anyway, it's good to see all of you today. Uh, you, you, you too, you look great. You look great. And like the first service, you've been taking good-looking pills all summer long, right? And uh, it's working. It's working. But it's good to see all of you today. If it is your first time with us, we really do hope that you feel welcomed. And um, we hope that you feel community. We hope that you feel um, a place of, of, uh, of, of love and acceptance. And uh, we hope that it's something that... Uh, that meets a, a, a need that God put inside of us because we all have a need of, of community. We have a need of friendships. We have a, a need of um, know, knowing people and being known. I'm going to talk about that in a couple of minutes. But before we get into the, to the word this morning, I have a couple of things I want to just mention to you and talk with you about. Um, and then we're, gonna, we're going to pray for something special this morning. But um, I, you know... Uh, many of you have uh, signed up to um, sponsor a child through kid care in our, in our orphanage programs, and many of you, every week, you drop in that dollar in those five-gallon water jugs, and that is to, I've asked you to do is just take, a, take one, cup, one cup of coffee a week and don't drink it, and instead give a, give a dollar a week to, um, to, to a kid in Africa. Now, I know that all of you, you're drinking the coffee anyway. Um, <coughs> And that's okay as long as you give the dollar. But, um, uh, you know, I, we, we, our, our, our director in Africa, his name is Golden Umganzo, uh, just an incredible man, just an absolutely astounding man of God and who has a real call of God in his, his heart to, to change the, kids, the lives of kids that, that, are, that are hopeless. There's no hope for them. And he, but he has stepped in and filled in the gap, and he's just an incredible person for us to, to keep on the field, to keep going. But uh, I want to just, just, he does a great job of filling us in, and uh, we're going to be having some stuff about kid care coming up in a couple of weeks um, in September, but <laughs> September's a couple of weeks away. Yeah, I'm still getting ready for a living nativity for last year. But, um, you know, I just want a couple of things, you know, that... Um, um, our, our kids, I mean, he, he really makes sure that our kids are keeping up to snuff and, 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 and doing well. And, uh, you know, in, in Africa, in this particular area, um, he, the kids are already rated. And they're rated how they're doing in their classes. Uh, it's not like everybody gets an A. Um, that was sarcasm if you didn't get that. Um, but... Um, but anyway, he uh, sent me the, this letter this week, and I just want to go over a couple of things just to, just to show you what you're doing and so that you can, um, so that you will be encouraged. Many of you, you get stuff, uh, for those of you that are, that are supporting smart kids, you got pictures and stuff like that. But, but um, Frank, Frank is, his name is Frank Joseph. Doesn't, some of their names just don't sound African at all, but uh, they kind of choose American names from time to time just to make us feel good about um, you know, being able to at least say their name. But Frank Joseph, he's ranked in his class, he's, he's third in his class out of 39, and, um, then, you know, and then another guy, Clinton Jackson, and he's four out of 40 in his class. Um, um, uh, there's a couple of us. Uh, I mean, I have a whole list of names. I'm not going to go through them all. But um, Sophia uh, Alaponce is uh, she's second out of 175. And then Ver Ver uh, Veronica uh, Nguashilo is is number four out of 19 in her class. Um, and you know, we we also have Lucy Alex. And, you know, I mean, I, and I know Lucy, and she's, she's the sweetest thing, but she's only 98 out of 168, which is uh, pretty good still. And, but you know, I just want you to know that th these names are they're there, and uh, these kids' lives are being changed by what you do. Golden said, those supported by kid care that are now employed and running their own lives. These are only a few examples. Umpido Emmanuel took community development uh, training and is now looking for employment. Um, she was baptized on, July, on June the 14th. Uh, Catherine Alex took journalism classes. 
She's now married and working as a journalist. Uh, Unumeno David uh, took tour guide training and is now teaching tour guide students. Uh, Jehoshaphat Michael, self-employed in a hair salon. And these are just some of the things where we are making a difference in people's lives. We're not saying somebody needs to, you are doing it. If you're not a part of it, I would encourage you to, to become a part of it. In a couple of weeks, we'll have a place where you can sign up to, to, to begin to support a child, to, to change a kid's life. Take one of these kids that would be honestly on the street in prostitution. It's about all that they can do. If we don't get them off of the streets in, in these villages in, in, in Africa, that's all that they can do. And, and we have a chance to, to change somebody's life and, 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 and to do something about it, not, not to click our tongues and say, oh, that's just too bad, that's too bad. We can do something, and we are doing something. I think that many of you, and one of the things we've had to do, I mean, most of you know, you are aware of, in, in our neighborhood right there in East Africa, of, you know, of hundreds of young girls that were captured by, by, by radical Muslims, and, 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 and they were taken off because, why? Because they were in school. They were getting an education. And they said, we're not going to put up with, young, with girls getting education. We don't want that to happen, so we're going to steal them. We're going to take them away, and we're going to keep them, and we're going to... And they're using them as sex slaves. Uh, they're using them in, 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 in to keep them away from a promised life, keep them away from the dignity that Jesus Christ put into them. And it's a sad thing, and when we, we've, we've even had to add had extra guards on, on our orphanages so that, that the radical Muslims don't come in and steal our, our little girls. You know, many of you are you're aware of watching the news that there are, uh, there are about 2, I mean, 200,000 Christians in, 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 the, in the Middle East right now, Afghanistan, um, uh, Iraq area that are they're up in the mountains and these Christians are being killed because they will not convert uh, to, to Islam. They will not become Muslims, and they are going to stay true to their faith in Jesus Christ. And because of some, some, some connections that I have, <clears throat> unfortunately, I was able to, to see some of the results of, of, of the situations in, 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 in this area of Afghanistan and uh, in, in Iraq of, 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 of uh, Christians that have been beheaded, their heads have been placed on, on, on pikes or placed on a fence post in Mosul. Because why? Because they were serving Jesus Christ. Because they would not convert. I unfortunately have had to, I shouldn't say had to, but kind of wish I hadn't done it now, but exposed myself to some pictures of little girls, the age of, of little girls up in our Sunday school right now of five, six, seven, eight years old whose heads were cut off. Why? Because their moms and dads were Christians. We live in a world where the spirit of Antichrist is rising and becoming stronger and stronger. The Bible told us that in the end days that we would see these things happen. The Bible also tells that these, that these martyrs, that their blood is crying out for, for, for justice. Someday that is going to happen. Until then, my dear friends, as, brother, as brothers and sisters of these 200,000 people that, that are facing, facing um, being martyrs, that are being starved to death, that are dying of thirst, and until the time comes, we have a job to do, and that's to pray for them. I also want to give you some homework to do this week, and that is to, to write your president. Write your president that's acting too slow. He's acting too slow to protect these people. The sad thing about it is that the nation of France is doing more to protect these Christians than, 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 than America is. Write your congressmen, write your, write your senators, send them emails, text them. Encourage your friends at work and at, at, at school to, to do the same thing. It's time to do something. Clicking our tongues, oh, that's too bad. Oh, I just don't want to watch the news, it's so horrible. Folks, we, we, one thing we can do is we can act and we can put some behind it. We have a voice as Americans and we need to use it. If we, if we can't do something about it, then, 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 then it, we're in a sad, sad, sad place. So I want to encourage you to, to act. We're going to take some time this morning instead of having our prayer time when you come to the front. 
I wanted to do something, and that is to take the focus off of us and say, dear God, we have 200,000 brothers and sisters on a mountain right now that, that are starving to death and dying of thirst. The ones that are captured, they're, they're, they're having their heads cut off. Last week or two weeks ago, the, the radical Muslims said, okay, you want to be Christ-like? Well, we'll help you out. And so they nailed 10 of them to a cross. It's something that I want to encourage you. know, we, we come to church to, to feel good, but sometimes, folks, it's time not to feel good and focus on, I just need to feel good. But there is, there is a spirit of antichrist that in these last days that is rising and becoming very strong. And we need to pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ. And I'm going to ask if you'd stand with me right now. We are going to pray for these people. We're going to pray for them, the, the ones that are stranded. We're going to be praying that our government will, will, will do something. I mean, I know that there's you know, some airdrops going on, but, but it should have been done a lot earlier because kids have died. Kids have died because we weren't acting quick enough. We had the intelligence on the ground. We need to step up for these Christians. They are not a minority religious group that some, some news stations say, they are your brothers and your sisters in Christ. You are going to spend eternity in heaven with them. And if we can do something to make their lives and to protect them, to protect the sorrow from moms and dads that are losing their kids, we need to do something. Not talk about it, we need to do something. So Father in heaven, we come before you now on behalf of our brothers and sisters in Christ that are suffering for your name's sake. Jesus, you told us that the world would be offended because of you. And we see that and we know that, that the world is offended because we name the name of Jesus Christ, because we say that there is no other name under heaven whereby man may be saved. And so, Father, I pray right now that you would send your Holy Spirit to bring comfort to those moms and dads whose, whose little daughters and frilly little dresses have, have died because moms and dads are serving you. For wives that have lost their husbands and Husbands that have lost their wives. For people that have been nailed to a cross. Father, we pray right now, Lord, that you would, you would, you, that you would act and you would protect them. I pray that you would send angelic beings to, to protect our brothers and sisters in Christ. Father, I pray that you would hold back the enemy. God, we, 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 in times like this, we, we are forced to, to, to do what your word tells us to do, and that is to say, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Come quickly. And so, Father, we pray for our brothers and our sisters right now, the ones that we will see face to face in heaven, the little girls and the little boys that someday that, that they will have a, a, a restored body. They will not have the marks of of, of, of radical people that have decided that they wanted to force their religious beliefs on them. And so, Father, I pray, I pray for, the, for them right now in the name of Jesus. As a church family, we pray for them. Father, our hearts goes out to them. God, I pray that you would encourage them. I pray that you would protect our, our kids in our orphanages in Africa. And Father, we, 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 we come before you we thank you for your faithfulness to us, and blessed be your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Um, I, um, the transition, what I'm going to be, what I just talked about, what I'm going to do next is so crazy. You know, I'm going to be talking about Mickey Mouse Club now, you know. Um, so I need to do something. I, I personally need to do this. I just so you know, just just excuse me for a second. I just need to turn around to become a different person. Okay, so just excuse me for a second. This psychologically helps Larry change gears. Okay, so but I, I just hang on a second. Okay. All right, I'm I'm Mickey Mouse Club. M I C K E Y. You know, just just before I do that. Um, Something special has happened tonight. You know what it is? It's a, it's a supermoon. 
And uh, it's, it's, it, this, is, this is even better than the last one because um, I don't want to get all in the details of it. But b- bottom line to it is the moon's closer to Earth tonight than it, than it, than it, than it usually is because of, of its, the moon's orbit. And uh, it's going to be 30% brighter tonight. And so I'm going to encourage you to do something. Like Go outside and look at the moon. Look up at the stars. If you've got a telescope or if you've got uh, binoculars, go out and look at the moon. You know, and wow, you know, God, nice moon. Good job, good job. And then, uh, and then we're not worshiping creation. We're saying, you know, God, I know the guy that made that. <laughs> you know, the person that made that is my friend. That, that, that God is a friend of mine. And, and, and just, and, you know, be impressed by his creation and by his, by his beauty. The Bible says that God, there's a reflection of God in his creation. So just enjoy that tonight. Moms and dads, take your kids out and, and uh, look, look at the moon and enjoy the moon. It was a cultural phenomena that, uh, that happened after World War II. And I am a part of that cultural phenomena. Um, uh, it's called the baby boomers. For those of you that have studied uh, social science, you know that there's a terminology called the pig and the python, um, and that is that uh, there's this big, massive group of people called baby boomers that were born in about a 15-year time frame after World War II, and right at the beginning, end of World War II, and then this big, massive people we've been moving through through, through time. And uh, the, we changed the, my group, we changed the face of America, uh, many of, much of it in bad ways, but uh, we, we changed a lot of things, the way that business was done in America. And um, um, I personally am right at the, the very beginning of baby boomers. There's one lady that they, have, that they have marked as the first baby boomer. And my birthday is about three weeks after her birthday. So I'm right in there. I, I am baby boomer, you know. <laughs> I, I am. And, but anyway, one of the things that, that was designed for us baby boomers was this incredible thing called Mickey Mouse Club. Yay, Mickey Mouse! <laughs> and Mickey Mouse Club was, uh, it was, it was fun to watch. I mean, if you watch it now, I look back at it and go, why in the world did, did that amaze me so much, you know? Do you know that the original beginning song introduction to Mickey Mouse Club was three minutes long? Can you imagine some kid watching an introduction today of a program for three minutes? I had to, honestly, I got a little bored with it, you know, especially when the, the, you know, when they started doing, you know, first part was okay, you know, Mickey Mouse with his, you know, leading the band, and that was okay, and the end of it about throw him up and down in the, in the, in the fire uh, uh, blanket was, but well, that was okay, uh, but the, the, when, the, when the music notes started dancing, remember that part of it? That was so boring, but anyway, um, uh, for those of you that are of my age group, nostalgia time, okay? Walt Disney and Mickey Mouse present the Mickey Mouse Club. Brought to you five days a week, Monday through Friday. Black and white. Yes. Featuring the Mouseketeers. This is a cut-down version, and I'm making them up like all three minutes of it, so don't panic. But then I have Annette. Annette was my first love. Cool mouse, huh? Okay, um, 
you know, it, it, was, it was one of those things that, that you know, we would sit, I would sit and watch it, and many of you sit and watch it, and just go, kind of, oh, wow. And I, I didn't watch reruns, folks. These were not reruns. This was cutting-edge stuff. But, um, but um, it, it did something. It, it brought together a culture of kids. Uh, and there was all, remember, that I shouldn't say this, because maybe some of you were that kid, but there was always that strange kid that talked like Donald Duck. Okay, I'll leave it alone. Uh, <laughs> I was going to ask who did that, but, you know, it's getting a little too personal there. But, um, you know, we, 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 we bought into something. We, we, it, it identified some things for us. Uh, it, it taught us a lot of things about, about people and about culture and about getting along, and there was always a great message in it. Uh, and I don't want to get off into all of that today because I don't want to take time from, from my, the message uh, not about it's all about the mouse, but it's all about Jesus. But um, what I do want to to do is I want to show you now the reprise or the the end of Mickey Mouse Club. Now, some of you may want to get your handkerchiefs out, uh, but uh, let's, let's watch this. Let's make the reprise now. And now let's join the Mouseketeers. Jimmy Dodd, huh? Roy back there in the stall. the things is that um, there, was, there was a community that was being developed there. And I mean, there's, there's a, one time the uh, disciples asked Jesus, why are you always speaking in parables? And he says, because if I don't speak in parables, uh, the people outside the kingdom, they're going to understand these truths. And these truths, they're going to work straight across the board. They work for everybody. And, uh, but one of the things is we were made for a community. Now, the, you know, we, we were made for, to, to be around people. We, we need to be around people. We need to have somebody say to us, see you real soon. We need to have somebody say to us, why? why, why? Because, because we like you. We, we like you. And, and it's something that's really important that I, to me was, was uh, um, an observation. You know, and, you know, why? Because we, and they didn't say, why? Because we love you. Because at that time uh, in America, the word love was a sacred word. It wasn't thrown around, you know, willy-nilly by, by everything. Oh, you love your car, you love, you love this, this soup, you love... It was, it was a word that still had some meaning to it, still had some, some bite to it. Unfortunately, it was this generation, my generation, that a few years later was going to take the word love and we were going to pollute it, we were going to dirty it up, and we were going to have the, the summer of love, which simply meant nothing more than sexual promiscuity where you were going to guise it under the word of love, we were going to call it love, and that was going to make it all okay. 
but, but there's something about it that we, we all need. We all need to feel loved. We all need to feel community. We all need to have somebody know that they know our name. This, my, this generation, a few years later, is going to come up with another program. There were several of them, but one of the more obvious ones was another program that's going to take this issue of community and it's going to take it and it's going to pervert it a little bit. And the, but the, 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 the program Cheers, a place where everybody knows your name where you're going to be welcomed, you know, as you are. Why? Because, because, because we like you. Um, you know, and, and so we, we were made for community. And, and, and God created us. He created us to have community with him, with people around us. And, and the importance of, of church working properly is that we are a community, that the small groups, it is the, it's the coming together and, and, and doing the, the silly things of Macarena. It's also the important side of going to the food bank and feeding the homeless. It's also about coming together, focusing our attention, worshiping God and saying, God, it's all about you. It's all about who you are. And so this morning as we are looking at this issue of, of community and of Mickey Mouse Club. And the title of the message is, it's all, it's all About the Mouse. Now, many of you, you've had this thing where you have relatives come and see you from out of town or out of Southern California, and you have to go to Disneyland, right? And, you know, in the first service, somebody said, no. You know, it's okay. But, um, but, you know, you go to Disneyland and, and you know, and you, you want to do the little tour thing so they, you know, they can kind of get the inside scoop. One time, uh, Janice and I, I don't remember who we had with us, uh, but, um, uh, you know, when Janice and I were dating, we were, she lived uh, in a town just about, about two miles from Disneyland, so it wasn't like, eh, yeah, big deal. Uh, most of our dating life was spent walking through Knott's Berry Farm when it was free, but... Uh, <laughs> But um, um, the, um, you know, you, this tour guide, you know, they're talking about this, Disney, you know, Walt did this, and Walt Disney did that, and everything. And then every once in a while, I hap- it happened to us twice, this one, one you know, they would kind of get a little offensive of the misuse of the name Mickey Mouse. Maybe, I don't know if it ever happened to you, but, you know, in, in our, sometimes in our culture, if something is not quite up to par, we say, oh, that's so... Mickey Mouse, and you know, and the, these these two guys get a little bit. Well, that, you know, if, you know, that that that's a, you know, if people say about Mickey Mouse, and here's this 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 thing that's cre- generating billions of dollars a year, and that's Mickey Mouse. Well, sign me up for Mickey, you know, you know. But uh, but they would get a little defensive, and they want to protect Mickey Mouse, protect the issue. You know, and there's one one two, one guy at the end of it says. You know, after defending Mickey Mouse, he says, because it's all about the mouse. It's all about the mouse. You know, and yeah, it was Mickey Mouse that, 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 that brought them, that got it going, and so you've got to protect the mouse. When I was a kid watching Disneyland, or watching um, Mickey Mouse Club, um, I remember when they were building Disneyland... And, uh, I, you know, there, there was, you know, you know, fascinated by the Jungle Cruise ride, you know, just the Jungle Cruise, wow, you know, putting it together. And I remember one time that, you know, Walt was, there's a segment of, and they were talking about building Disneyland, and Walt was talking with, um, with this guy. Now, you know, now we have scuba divers that, you know, that put on the, the equipment and go under the water. When you were a ki- when I was a kid, what were they called? Frogmen. Frogman, yeah, <laughs> Frogman, but I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm living in my past, but, um, but uh, I mean, they were intervie- inter- you know, interviewing this Frogman who was responsible for designing the hippos and you know, you know, they come up and down and that they used to shoot at. They don't shoot at them anymore because, um, because the animal rights said you don't shoot at hippos, so the, the t- they, they don't shoot hippos anymore, but. Um, they were talking to this guy about how he did that, you know, and little did I know that probably, uh, probably 15 years after that, that that guy, that frogman, that skin diver, that scuba diver, that I was going to marry his niece, and he would be at my wedding, 
And, um, you know, so Orville Smith, who, who designed uh, the Jungle Cruise ride and also the Matterhorn, some other stuff, you know, was, was my wife's uncle. And uh, they got to go to Disneyland free all the time. Anyway, um, anyway, I just, uh, I, I, the issue is that it's all about the mouse. It's all about, you got to keep focused on what, what it's really all about. And there's a passage, I'm going to read some passages to you out of the book of John and in chapter 5. And it says, um, uh, Jesus is talking to, to some religious people. Uh, some of them were Pharisees. Some of them were just religious people trying to, trying, to find, trying to find God. And he said, you sent to John and he has borne witness of the truth. Not that the testimony that I received is from man, but I say these things so that you may be saved. He was a burning and a shining lamp, and you were willing to rejoice for a while in his light. But the testimony that I have is greater than that of John, John the Baptist. For the works that the Father has given me to accomplish, the very works that I am doing, bear witness about me that the Father has sent me. And the Father who sent me has himself borne witness about me. His voice you have never heard, and his form you have never seen. And you do not have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe in the one who he has sent. You search the scriptures because you think that you have eternal life, uh, and it is they that bear witness about me. Jesus is saying, you study the scriptures, the Old Testament. You're trying to find eternal life. But the facts are, and Jesus is saying this, and we're going to look at this in depth in a couple minutes. The fact is that the Old Testament is bearing witness of me, that I was coming. And he says, uh, yet you refuse to come to me uh, that you may have life. I do not receive glory from people, but I know that you do not have the love of God within you. But we're serious, we're religious, we're looking for... And Jesus said, you don't have it. You don't have it. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. If another one comes in his own name, you'll receive him. How can you believe when you receive glory from another uh, and do not seek glory that comes only from God? Uh, do not think that I will acu uh, accuse you to my Father. There is one who accuses you. Mo Moses, who was the guy in the Old Testament we're studying about? Moses, on whom you set your hope. For if you believe Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote of me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? You know, and, and this summer, as we, as we were deciding to, to do something kind of fun with, you know, well, let's do some stuff with, with, with a, you know, summertime, Disneyland, you know, and, and uh, Pastor Steve Shogren kind of came up with the idea, well, let's do the gospel according to Disney, and so we've been kind of having some fun with that, you know, and, but, but the issue was, you know, in my mind was, and the guy says, you know, when, when the, the tour guide says, it's all about the mouse, this is the place where Jesus is saying, it's all about me. It's all about me. Jesus tells us that broad is the road to destruction, but narrow is the pathway, the gateway to eternal life. And Jesus is saying, all religious experience doesn't get you to heaven. There's only one way into heaven, and that's all about Jesus. It's all about the Messiah. It's about who he is. Now, my generation, this baby boomer generation I'm talking about, you know, we wanted to bring in some really just acceptance of everybody. There's a lot of good that came out of it, and there's also a lot of bad that came out of it. A lot of good was a breaking down of some of the, the racial prejudice and getting rid of some of that garbage that, 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 that needed to be, to be gotten rid of. But along with that came some acceptance of things that should not have been accepted, and the watering down of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know what? We, we're all serving. It doesn't matter what you call him. You know, you can call him God or Buddha or Yahweh or, you, you know, you can call it Allah. doesn't make any difference. Just as long as you're serious. Just as long as you're sincere. That's all that matters. And this generation, my generation, made, did what Jesus said you cannot do. We made it a broad approach 
And Jesus says, broad is the road to destruction, but narrow. There is only one gateway to eternal life and to relationship with, with, with the one true living God. And this is something that my message today, it is going to be culturally offensive. And I want you to know ahead of time, I do not apologize for it. I do not say that I'm sorry that, 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 that this message is this way. But it is the truth and the church of Jesus Christ is responsible for the truth. And we cannot compromise. There are numbers and numbers and numbers of Christians that are refusing to compromise right now. And because of that, they are losing their lives because it is narrow. About 5% of, this, uh, of the Christians, former Christians in, that are facing this decision of being forced, you can, either, you can either recant and become a Muslim or you, if you're going to stay a Christian, we're going to do some things. We're going to either kill you or we're going to put a tax on you and then we're going to come and kill you. Uh, uh, and they, a lot of them that recant, even, even their, their families are taken away from them. Uh, and, and, but what I'm saying is simply this. Jesus is saying there is one way, and it's not, well, just as long as you're sincere. You can be sincerely dead wrong. It's an example we've used a lot around here. I can sincerely believe and be dead, dead serious that I really believe that if I stepped off of a 10-story building, that I would not fall. I can be dead serious. I can believe it all the way, but there's a law that's going to counteract my, my belief. And Jesus is saying, if you really, really believe in, in Moses, you're going to believe in me because Moses was pointing towards me. Now, the scripture, Jesus said, the scripture points to me. The Old Testament points to me. And uh, in John in chapter 39 says, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness of me. That the, he's saying that the scriptures are talking about me. And when we look at the scripture and we look at how Jesus is applying it to, to, the, to the, the truth of the scripture to him, we realize that it's going to happen. Jesus is revealed in the Old Testament time and time and time again. There were little pictures that were going to be coming out that was going to show that it, Jesus was going to be coming. There were clear-cut prophecies. At one time, so the religious people were saying, you can't be the Messiah because the Messiah is coming from Bethlehem. Jesus said, check my birth records. You'll find out that I, that I, did, I, I, I did come. Oh, well, we don't like you for other reasons then. But... This, this issue that God says to, to, to Abraham, because of your faith, not because you're obeying the law, but because of stepping out by faith and putting your faith in me, yes, I am going to, to make you a great nation, but from you and from this great nation is all nations will be blessed, that everyone, whosoever will, may come. Paul talks about it in, in some of his writings in, in the New Testament of a mystery. And the mystery of the age was that how that through, through Jesus Christ that everybody on the face of the earth could be included into God's plan and brought into the family of God. And, and that was a mystery. People didn't quite get it. But Jesus came and he brought everybody in. And, and Jesus is going to say, anyone who believes in me is now a son or a daughter of Abraham. Those promises, that they, they now belong to you. And so when Jesus is talking about the scripture bears witness of me, he's saying the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, it's going to point towards me. One of the most in, important things about, about the New Testament or the New Covenant is that Jesus, the Jewish Messiah, died for the sins of Jews and non-Jews, of Jews and Gentiles who trust in him. And anyone who puts their trust, they are brought into the family of God. 
Jesus says in Matthew in chapter 8, chapter eight verse 11, it says, uh, I tell you that many will come from the east and the west, many being us, Gentiles, um, and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom of this present evil age will be thrown into the outer darkness, and that there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. We can choose to accept Jesus Christ or reject him. And that choice is to us. Anyone, whosoever will, may come. There's a passage in, in Galatians in chapter 3, and we're going to look at this you know, um, in, in some interesting ways. But in chapter 3, in, in verse 7, Know then that those who are um, of this faith, who are the, are sons of Abraham. When we believe in Jesus Christ, we are then sons of Abraham, brought into the promise and then down in verse 29, uh, if you are Christ's, then you are offsprings and heirs according to the promise. It says, if you are Christ's. It doesn't say, if you are Buddha's. If Jesus meant that, he would have said that. If that was a possibility, he would have said that. If you are serious about any kind of a religious approach, um, then, then your offspring, you didn't say that. Jesus wasn't touting himself. He said, I don't need to tout myself. I know who I am. I'm God in flesh. And I am the way. You know, you know just, just, just be serious about any kind of religious approach and it's, it's all going to be okay. No, it is narrow. It's narrow. As Christians, we may, you know, there are certain areas that we need to be broad in, 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 in certain approaches of whosoever will may come. But there's only one name given under heaven whereby man be saved. It's all about Jesus. It's all about who he is and realizing that he does not lie. You know, again, you know, it's just, you know, people will say, well, Jesus was just, he was just a good teacher. He was a good man. You know, and, and, you know, people who say that have never read the Bible. They've never really read the Bible. Good men don't say, I am God in flesh. Nut jobs say that. Good men do not, good teachers do not say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father. That's not a good, that's not a good teacher. Only God can say that. And that's the reason that, that while I'm saying that my message today may not be a politically correct, a, a culturally correct, uh, but because we live in a, in a time when the spirit of Antichrist is trying to rob us and trying to get us to water everything down, trying to get us to say, well, that's okay. I don't, I don't want to force anything off on you. If you want to believe that, that's okay. The people that we're saying that to, unless they believe that Jesus Christ is the way, they are going to be a part of that group that Jesus himself said that they will be cast into outer darkness. If we truly love them, we are not going to be afraid to say in, in loving way, in compassionate way, it is all about Jesus. We're not going to be, able, be afraid to say, no, I'm sorry, but you are wrong. Now, that's not good evangelism. That's not, you know, being sensitive. But understanding the issue is that we have to come to that place where we say, if we really honestly believe the Bible, if we believe that it is infallible, if we believe that it is the truth, that it's the word of God, then we have to embrace it in its totality. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And Jesus is going to say that, that all the nations will be blessed. There's also something else that's very, very important. And that is, is that in, because God made that initial uh, covenant with Abraham and with his nation, is that, that we must be in that place of, of protecting the nation of Israel. Whoever blesses Israel will be blessed. Whoever curses Israel will be cursed. And we must be, be people that are, that are in that place of, I mean, when we see a group, we say, we want to wipe the nation off of the, off, off of the face of the map. We go, whoa, foul, can't do that, cannot do that. It concerns me when I see our leaders that are turning their backs on the nation of Israel. 
It's a dangerous thing to do that. When we bless the nation of Israel, we will continue to see God bless us. I don't want to get into, the, in, into any areas of atrocities. And I, and I know all those arguments. But what I do know and what I do understand is that as followers of Christ, we are to bless the nation of Israel. We have been told to pray for peace in Israel. We've been told to do that. We've been commanded to do that. But, the, the, but God says to Abraham, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. And all the families of the earth shall be blessed because, because of, of what, what he was doing. The scriptures that are pointing to Jesus. Jesus said, you search the scriptures. And what he's saying to them is, okay, go ahead. Really search the scriptures. I, I hear it all the time. I hear it all the time. I had a confrontation with it about two weeks ago. You know, some, some person says to me, well, the Bible is full of mistakes. Oh, okay. Okay, um, do, do me a favor, okay? I've read it quite a bit, but, but do, do me a favor. Tell me one. Uh, well, I, I know they're in there because uh, my college professor said they were, uh, you know, they, you know it, it, when, when it comes down to, you know, the Bible is, is inerrant. The Bible is infallible. The Bible does not have errors. It does not contradict us. Well, the Bible, no, no, it doesn't. Read. Read the whole thing. Read the whole thing. Yes, the Bible says there is no God. You can take that. The Bible says there is no God, but the one true living God. <laughs> and so when you read it in its entirety, when you read it in, you know, in, in, in the stories and how, how it comes across, that the Bible is conveying the message that Jesus is the Messiah. He is the only way that we have to, to come to know God. And Jesus says, you search the scriptures, good. Keep searching. Be open. Let, let, let them draw you. The scriptures are going to be pointing. John the Baptist says um, that, you know, you know um, in John chapter 1, verse 34, John the Baptist says, I have seen and borne witness that this is the Son of God. And in John, in chapter 311, Jesus says, we speak of what we know, and we bear witness of what we see. And in verse 30, it says, he bears witness to what he has seen. And he bears witness of, of what, the, what God is doing. And so God is a witness that Jesus Christ is God in flesh. He is that second member of the Trinity that God sent to pay the price for man's sins. And, and he says, the Bible is bearing witness. The Old Testament is bearing witness of who I am. There are scriptures in the Old Testament that were point, tons of scriptures, just a, a couple of them, a few of them, that, that you know, in, 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 uh, in Psalms, in chapter, chapter uh, 69, verse 9, it says, um, that zeal for your house will consume me. And when Jesus sees that the house of God, the temple, has been turned into a, to a place of business, a place of, of selling, selling things so that people could get rich off of people's desire to find God, the, the zeal for the house of God consumes Jesus, and he, he turns the, 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 temp, the, the, the tables over because he doesn't want people to be robbed of a, of a hunger for God. Uh, in the Old Testament, we see the manna falling from heaven, and Jesus basically says, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. I am that manna that, that God was sending, that, that, that word that comes down from heaven that, that gives life. Uh, the Old Testament talks about the Sabbath, that place of rest. Jesus shows up on the scene, and he says, I am Sabbath. It's not the issue of just one day, but you find your rest in, in who I am. Whosoever will may come. Come to me, they're burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It is not the, the, the issue of a day, but it's the issue of, of me. It's not at the religious tradition of setting this day aside, but it's coming in, in, in every day. In me is a Sabbath. I'm giving you rest from your labors. You're not having to work hard to, to impress God. You impress God because you confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus teaches us that in, in John in chapter 6 and verse 44, he teaches us that, that no one comes to him unless their fathers draws him. He says, it is written in the prophets, and they will be taught by God 
everyone who has heard and learned from the Father, what? Comes to Buddha. Everyone who, who learns from, the, from this, this God, um, they can go wherever they want. No, no, he doesn't say that. He says, they come to me. It's all about Jesus. It's about the fact that there is no other way to have eternal life. When Jesus used that word, you're looking for the scriptures so that you can be saved. I am the one who saves. I am the one. And Jesus compares the Holy Spirit to, to the living water that, that flows from the, the innermost being. It's one of the scriptures that we've chosen to be a, a definitive scripture of our church. It's the little, the, the little name Creek, that, that there's a flow that comes from, from those who believe. And Jesus says that whoever believes in me, as the scripture said, that out of his, out of his heart will flow this, this, this water, this water of life. That, you know, there's, there's so many places in the Old Testament where, where one of the reasons that Moses could not go into the promised land is because G God said, speak to the rock and the water will flow. And G Moses went up and he, he struck the rock and the rock was that symbol of, of Jesus. And, and Moses struck that and that water of life begins to, to flow out of the rock. And out of, out of us out of, will, will flow life not death, not hate, not bitterness, but will we'll flow that, that promise of life that wherever we go, that we are, we're giving that, that life. There's so many other Old Testament scriptures and, and word pictures that, that show us that, that Jesus is the one that the Old Testament was talking about, the Messiah that was to come. But, but Jesus said, I didn't come to do away with the Old Testament. I came to fulfill it. And we, say, we see Jesus fulfilling it in so many ways, in so many places, and that, that the scripture is going to be pointing towards who Jesus is, that he is the Son of God. And, and prophecies of, of even of, of the, the betrayer, of Judas turning his back, of what was going to be happening, that, that on the cross he would not have a bone in his body broken. It was said in the Old Testament, it was, it was, we were reminded about it in the New Testament, that, he, that, that, that they would not have any bones. The, the Old Testament was so full of these pictures of who Jesus was. And he's saying, if you will just really honestly read it, you will see me. You will see me in my fullness. And that's the reason when people say, oh, the Bible is full of mistakes and errors, they really haven't read it. And if they've read it and, and, they, and they still are committed to it, it's because there's, they, they have not read it with the approach of God, show me. Because Jesus said, my Father will draw everyone. If we walk, if we read it into the idea that we're going to find fault, we will find something and find some way. We say, God, show me truth. Do not let me be deceived. Our world is being deceived by the spirit of Antichrist. Our, our, our government officials, our leaders are, are, are being, being deceived. Many religious leaders in our country are being deceived by the spirit of Antichrist because we are offended that Jesus said, no other way but through me. And Jesus said, everybody will be offended because of me. And so I, I want to just give you a little test this morning of three ways in the, in the book of John, three ways to, to test, uh, to, are, you know, are we really believers in God? Do we, do we really know God? Number one is do we really know God? In John in chapter eight, in verse 19, Jesus says, uh, they, they, they come to him and they say, where is your father? And Jesus said, you know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my, you would know my father. And when anyone says, I'm serving God, but I don't believe in Jesus, Jesus Christ himself is saying, they do not know God. That, that's, that's offensive. That's offensive in our culture. But it's the truth. 
or else Jesus is a liar. And he cannot be a liar because he's God. And so the fact that these adversaries do not know Jesus, they do not see him as as God or as deity or as the Messiah, they do not see him as that, that servant that came to serve humanity that Isaiah 53 talks about that they knew so well. It shows that they do not know God. And Jesus says, you know neither me nor my Father. Do you know God? If you know God, you know Jesus. If you know Jesus, you know God. Second thing is, do, do you honor God? Do you honor God? In John chapter 5, verse 23, Jesus says, whoever does not honor the Son, what? Does not honor the Father who sent him. Ooh. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father. The Father and the Son are revealed in Scripture in, in such a unified way, in such a, 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 a connected way. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God. To dishonor the Son is to dishonor the one God. And, you know, when we dishonor the Son, we dishonor the Father. So if you claim to honor God, but you reject Jesus, then you are rejecting God also and settling for this lie of the Antichrist. The third thing is, is do you love God? Jesus said in John chapter 5 and verse 42, he's talking to these religious people that are trying to get something, and he says, you do, but I know that you do not have the love of God within you. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. Jesus is saying, because you do not receive me, you do not have the love of God. Again, this is a narrow message. It is culturally, it is politically offensive. But it is the truth. The spirit of Antichrist eggs us on and says, how dare you be narrow-minded? How dare you rob uh, people of, of their seriousness of trying to find God? And, and the, 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 the total of this thing, the test is, who do men say that I am? Anything less than you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, anything less than that excludes us from eternal life. The test of each one of us and the test for others as to whether we know God, to whether we honor God, or whether we love God, the test is Jesus. And any claim by any religious group, if it is a, and I'm going to use this word, you know, Christian group, because there are numbers of Christian groups that do not believe that Jesus is the only way. So therefore, they are not really Christian groups. But they may try and name the name. Well, he was just a good prophet. He was a good teacher. No, he wasn't. He was God. Any claim by any Jewish group, any, any Christian group, any, any Muslim group, any, Islam, any Hindu, Buddhist, any spiritualist, anything that takes away from who Jesus Christ is does not have eternal life. If they do not believe that Jesus is risen from the dead, that he paid the price for men's sins, the measure of all truth of knowing God, of honoring God and loving God is knowing who Jesus Christ really is. Therefore, whether we are, what our religious stand may be, the facts are simply this. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. We cannot be mean and sensitive. We have to realize that we have this truth. And we have to share this truth in loving ways. We have to share this truth in honest ways. And my dear friends, you have to do your homework and know how to come back with some of the answers that are are thrown at us. 
But at the same time, it's all about Jesus, worshiping King Jesus. Because Jesus is God. John is going to talk about Jesus. He said, we, we saw him, we touched him. He was God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. Without him, nothing was made. And so in, in a few hours, when you're up looking at that moon, you say, God, the creator of the universe that died on that cross, he made that, he loves me. I know Jesus. I honor him. His love is in my heart. Because his love is in my heart, I need to share this message with those that are lost and dying. And that's the reason this church exists, and that's the reason that we have to continue to exist. We have been told to be light in a dark place. We're going to take an offering now. We're going to give you a chance to invest in the kingdom. I want you to know the offering time is just as much an important part of the worship as, as the singing a song and raising your hands. The offering time is a part of, 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 of putting the mark of God on everything about you. And to say anything less, well, you know, I don't believe that part of the Bible, is to say I don't really believe in all that God is. I don't really believe it's, it's being one of those people that Jesus was talking to in, in the Old Testament, about the Old Testament. Well, you read the Old Testament, but you don't believe it. If you really believe it, you'd know who I am. I want to ask the ushers to come to the front and... As they're coming, I'm going to challenge you to, to worship God. You're not paying dues. You're not paying a tax. You are worshiping God. And let me, let me say it this way of the importance of making sure that, that we understand that I am worshiping God. And if we have any, any inclinations of, God, I'm, I'm paying a due. I have to do this. You, know, it's just, you have to do it. God, I, I get to do this. I get to invest in your kingdom. And so this morning as we receive this offering, worship the one true living God. Father, bless this offering that we give to you because God so loved the world that he gave. And God, we want to give back to you. We want to give back to the message of the cross. We know, Jesus, that there is none like you. There is no religious leader. There is no teacher. There is no prophet. There is there's none. There is none like you. Because you are the one true living God. We thank you. Now bless this offering. Bless the worship coming from people's hearts as they give to you.